In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you thanked God for this failure already? One of the greatest classical composers of our age relates this story of being in the yard at a monastery with his notebook in hand trying to write when a young girl came up distracting him, bouncing all around, saying, what are you doing? What is it that you're writing there? To which he responded, I'm trying to write music, but it isn't going very well. And then came her question, have you thanked God for this failure already? These words resonate deeply with me as one who writes sermons or tries to every week. But even more deeply, that little girl's question in the abstract drives home. What are you doing? Trying to be a husband, a father, a Christian trying to care for this person or that, trying to help, but it isn't going very well. And then that question, have you thanked God for this failure already? Obscured by the numerical success at this point in Jesus' ministry, as the crowds are pushing in upon him so strongly that he must retreat to a boat in order to preach, is the failure of his disciples as they sit there washing nets that caught no fish. When Jesus finishes his sermon, he says to Simon Peter, go out to the deep and cast in your nets for a catch. Peter, this obviously sounds foolish. He was a fisherman. He knew what he was doing. He had fished all night. That's when you catch fish, not in midday. But he said, Master, at your word, we will let down the nets. And as they did, we have what at first glance appears to be a transition from failure to success. And yet, it's success that is a disaster for them. There is a sense in which the text is saying, if you actually receive your heart's desire, it may destroy you. Because no sooner than the heart's desire of these fishermen to catch fish was realized and their expensive nets begin to break and burst, and their boats, their very livelihood, begin to sink. And in fact, their lives themselves are imperiled. They believe that in the deep they will drown. Peter, recognizing who it is in the boat with them, that this is no mere man, falls down at his knees. Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinner. 
To which our Lord responds, Do not be afraid. If you were given your heart's desire, would it destroy you? It is very easy to give thanks to God for those things that we consider to be successes. But have you thanked him for the failures already? The disciples, when they got back to shore, left everything behind. Apparently that entire catch of fish as well and followed Jesus. What they had previously considered success, they no longer considered so. They had found something, someone even greater. And from him they had received an even greater calling still. How foolish we are when we consider successes and failures the way we do with the wisdom of this fallen world. How trivial we make ourselves and how trivial we perceive our callings. Our Lord Jesus said to Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Of course, if you're fishing for fish, the goal is to pull them out of the water, up onto the boat, out of the water, up onto dry land. But when you're fishing for men, it's exactly the opposite. You're taking men from the dry land and pulling them into the water, the waters of holy baptism. This is why, filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, Peter preaches, repent and be baptized, every one of you. We are those fishes who now swim in baptismal waters, as Tertullian, a second century church father, liked to point out. And in his preaching, he said, don't leave those waters whatever the temptation. Might it not be, in fact, the very things we count as failures are the very things that keep us in those waters with Jesus? And if we had been given our heart's desire and every success that we imagined, would it not be those successes that powers unseen would use to pluck us from the waters of God's grace? When you consider your life in retrospect, can you not see with me how foolishly we've perceived things? Perceiving up as down, evil as good, failure as success. Indeed, how foolish are we, but God in his wisdom would have it no other way. God, in his wisdom, only calls fools. God, in his strength, 
only calls the weak. God in his grace only calls sinners. For in Christ alone is wisdom, is strength, is forgiveness. Have you considered the failure of the cross? What could be more foolish than God nailed to a tree by man? What could be more weak than God's head bowed in death? And yet, it is precisely this cross that is the wisdom of God, the power of God, This cross appears to be nothing but folly and failure, which is in fact the greatest success and victory of our God. So we must not be surprised when we perceive in the cross not only our forgiveness and salvation, but in fact the very pattern and shape of our lives. In our weakness, the strength of God perfected. In our foolishness, the wisdom of God perfected. In our failures, the success of God shining forth. Christ crucified for you. God's head bowed in death. For you, the Creator's blood dripping into the soil of creation. For you, have you thanked God for this failure already? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.